So last week, I started speaking to you on the subject, becoming the best you can be. How to be outstanding in all you do. Be an outstanding Christian, an outstanding wife, an outstanding mother, an outstanding father, an outstanding husband. Whatever you do, you must seek to give up your best. And as usual, as we do in this church, best is not a word. It's an acronym. It means be yourself, examine yourself, stretch yourself, and trust yourself, not train. So trust yourself. Last week, I spoke to you on be yourself. This morning, in the next few minutes, I want to close you early so we can launch out for so winning, the next few minutes, I will share with you on the subject, examine yourself. So, what is examine yourself? When the Bible calls you to examine yourself, what does that mean? Second Corinthians 15, 13, the verse 5, reading from the NIV. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ, that Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. So this morning I came with some tests. Ten questions. On a sheet of paper, I guess all of you have it. Have you answered them? You are supposed to take whichever is applicable. So self as a number one. Self-examination is the assessment of our relationship with Christ to determine how close or how far we are from him. So I carefully selected these 10 questions to help you determine how close or how far you are from the Lord. Amen. So you have answered them, haven't you? How many of you have answered the questions? You have already ticked them. Okay. So now, my duty is to award marks. So I'm the teacher. I'm going to award you masks for the answers you gave. So the first question, how often do you read your Bible? How often do you read your Bible? Every day for 30 minutes. That is a pass. Every day below 30 minutes, that is a fail. Once in a while, that is ungraded. We don't even know what to give you. No, some are not feeling, but I'm giving you the mask, so it will influence the way you feel it. So don't feel again. The examination is over. Now I'm giving grades. The teacher is marking it. The teacher is marking. Okay. So, I don't know what <laughs> your grade... It's in this particular one. Did you pass? Did you fail? Or you are ungraded? No, don't pamper yourself. Oh. Some time ago, Nana was asked, when he was very young, how do you make yourself happy? He said, I tickle myself and laugh. How often do you pray? Every day above 30 minutes. That is a pass. If we do above one hour, that is excellent. 
But that is a pass. Every day below 30 minutes, that is a fail. Once in a while, ungraded. Now, how often do you witness to souls? Like since we started this so really. How often do you witness to souls? Once a week, excellent. Once a month, good. Once every quarter, pass. Once in a while, fail. Question four. What time do you come to church? On time, excellent. 30 minutes late, pass. One hour late, fail. No, you think it though. I did not take it for you. As those of you who are now taking, I said the examination is over. How committed are you in your service to God? Very committed. Excellent. Somehow committed, pass. Not committed, fail. Question six. How often do you thank God? Every day? Excellent. So this morning you have thanked God already? When you woke up, did you say, Father, thank you for the new opportunity? It depends. That is a pass. So it depends. When God gives me money, I thank him. When something good happens, I thank him. When nothing is happening, hey God, stay there, I'm here. Then once in a while, fail. Hey. Hmm. How often do you come to Sunday service? I decided not to go to the weekday service. Because majority will fail. Every Sunday, excellent. As often as I can. That is a pass. You try. But you do it at your convenience. That's a pass. Once in a while, fail. Question number eight. How do you rate the spiritual fervency of your friends? Of your friends. The spiritual fervency of your friends. Hot. Excellent. Lukewarm. Fail. Cold. Ungraded. So, your friends around you, how do you rate their spiritual fervency? And how do you rate the spiritual fervency? Okay, so the, this one should be, how do you rate your spiritual fervency? Your spiritual fervency. Number nine should be your spiritual fervency. Hot, excellent. Lukewarm, fail. Cold, ungraded. Question number 10. Are you sure you will make heaven if Christ comes now? Very important question. Yes, excellent. No, fail. So having answered these 10 questions, it is now for you to determine whether you failed, you passed, or you achieved excellence. It's a, it's a very important dimension. You are assessing yourself. So look at the paper again. And now write, write what you, who you think you are 
after assessing your, 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 yourself. Right. If it is a fail, just write fail. If it is excellent, just write excellent. If it is pass, just write pass. If it's ungraded, write ungraded. Actually, if who you are cannot be found, say I'm missing. I am not a Christian. So consistently as a Christian, you must examine yourself. Now the next one we are going to look is where I'm going to dwell on. This one is for you to do your own self-assessment. Now we are going to take this, this assessment to the next level. Now we are also looking at number two, self-examination is the assessment of your Christian life to determine how spiritually healthy you are. So, look at this picture. I'm sure that from where you are seated, you may not see it well because the writings are a bit small, but um, I'll try and make sure you get it. So, what I'm doing here is to use some key organs in the body to help you determine, examine your spiritual life to see how healthy you are spiritually it's crucial now god in his wisdom created us and put in us organs something called organs i call them living enablers or functioning enablers for your body to function in a certain way god himself has put in you organs that enable you to function without any major without any major contribution from you what are you doing to breathe what are you asking i adding to your breathing are you here there's nothing you are adding to your breathing your, your, your heart is beating on its own or you are helping your heart to beat are you helping your liver are you helping your kidney is that something that you are, you are helping your body to do? No. No. So God himself in his own wisdom placed organs in us so that we can function. Now, these organs here actually also teach us very important spiritual lessons when it comes to how we function as Christians. And I'm going to show you how you can function effortlessly as a Christian. You are struggling with your Christian life. Then there are some spiritual organs that are not working well in your Christian life. And that is why you are struggling. But I can assure you today that the same way God is making your body function without your effort. That the same way God wants, has given you the grace to function in your Christian life without any effort from you, but all from the Holy Spirit. So if you learn to build a very close relationship with the Holy Spirit, your Christian life functions effortlessly. You don't, you don't struggle to pray. Prayer life, your prayer is effortlessly done. You enjoy it. You see, when you start praying, 
the Holy Ghost takes over. And it's no longer you who is praying, but the Holy Ghost is praying through you. Do, do you understand? Coming to church, you will do it effortlessly. You will, you will not struggle to read your Bible and to give to the Lord. That's where God wants you to come to in your Christian maturity, in your relationship with Him. God wants you to be there. Amen. So now let's take one of the organs, which is the brain, the mind. The brain. So what is the purpose of the brain? Now, the brain has several purposes, several things. But I'm going to pick two from it. Two. One, your brain tells you when you are hungry. And it's the same brain that communicates that tells you that you are thirsty. So taking these two from the brain, we want to see how your mind is functioning when it comes to your relationship. How you are functioning when it comes to your relationship with God. So your cravings, either for material things, your hunger, your thirst, either for material things or for spiritual things, is determined by the focus of your mind. Colossians 2, 32. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So in assessing yourself, whether you are a material Christian, a materialistic Christian, or a spiritual Christian, go to your mind. What you desire, your hunger, why you hunger after, why you thirst after. If your mind is set on things above, you become spiritual. You desire God. You desire spiritual things. When your mind is set on things below, you are hungry for material things. So when your mind is set on things above, you save God not for physical rewards. You save God for spiritual rewards. You want to make heaven. You want to have a crown. Your motivation for serving him is not physical reward. Like people feel that when they come to church and they are Christians and they pay their tithe and they sweep, they are part of the sanctuary keepers or their protocol or their choristers, their God will bless them financially. That is you setting your mind on things, on earthly things. I am not preaching or working as a pastor because I want God to bless me physically, but because there are spiritual rewards. When our fathers were in school, there was a very popular saying about teachers that the, the teacher's reward is in heaven. At that time, their, their, their attitude to teaching was different. I was, telling, I was telling a group of young people also that I went to middle school from for, no, at that time, basic education was 10 years. So you go to school at 6 and you leave basic education when you are 16 or 18. 16. So you go to class 1 to class 10. Let me put it that way. 
Class 1 to class 10. See? So you start class 1, class 2, class 3, up to class 10. And at that time, when you leave, so those are all in the public schools. We left, we went to secondary school when we were 16. For me, for me, I went to secondary school when I was 18 because I started um, class 1 at 8. And I spent 10 years. Okay? Now, I was telling someone that at that time, if you left middle school, you were given the middle school living certificate. And you could work. You were well prepared. You could write very good English. And people rose to become, to become managers in companies. There were secondary schools. There were universities. But people who went to middle school, middle school, became managers in companies, became top accountants for going to middle school. Today, there are graduates who cannot make simple English sentences. Since the teacher's reward came from government, not from heaven anymore, the focus just changed. Are you here? That's how it is. If anything you do for God, you are, you are looking for earthly reward, your attitude will be different. It will be centered on you. You are not hungry for heaven. You are not hungry for God because of heaven. I want to get crowns in heaven. I want to make heaven first. Number one, I want to make heaven. I want to make heaven. And anytime I prepare a sermon and I'm coming to preach it, the question I ask myself is that if this is supposed to be my last sermon before Jesus comes, and I was going to be judged based on this sermon, will I make heaven? Will I make heaven? I don't come here to prepare sermons to get you to give offering. No, 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 no. I come here to prepare sermons to make sure I can make heaven. I preach sermons that will not disqualify me from going to heaven. Whatever you do for the Lord, examine yourself very well. What are your motivations? Whatever you do for the Lord. You know why I've done this work for so many years and nobody can accuse me of wrongdoing? You cannot. You cannot accuse me in this church. I've pastored you for several years. Nobody can accuse me of cheating in here or doing anything but nobody, nobody, you know why? Because I'm so conscious of heaven that no human being can provoke me to do the wrong thing. You know, you can be a protocol officer and fight with new converts coming to church if your focus is not heaven, but earthly. If you are there for any purpose other than making heaven, anybody can provoke you. And you will fight. And you will insult people. And you will be, be an usher who is not on talking terms with somebody here. And when you see the person coming to church, you just turn away from the person. Because your mindset is wrong. Your motivation is wrong. You will be a chorister who sings in the same choir with someone and you are not on talking terms. You'll be an instrumentalist that when I say worship, they have gone out. I don't know where all of them went. I don't know where all of them went. But what is your motive? What is your mindset about these things we do? Why are you in church this morning? Why are you in church? Were you called? 
Were you called before you came? How, how happy were you when you were coming to the church, when you were coming to service this morning? So assess yourself. Examine yourself. Okay, number two, let's move on to the lungs. The daughters are in church, so when I make mistakes, they will know. So the purpose of the lungs is to be able to breathe. Breathe out um, carbon dioxide. And then we breathe in oxygen, isn't it? When I had COVID and then I saw, I saw how important it is to have healthy lungs. Oh, I, I remember one, one day, I, I just wanted to go and wee-wee. Just, just to wee-wee. I mean, wee-wee, wee-wee. Then I got out. So my nurse said, oh, just remove your oxygen and then just take some few steps. And I just took one, two, three, and I was dying. I was just dying. I said, the nurse started screaming. People came to hold me and put me on the bed back and put it in on me. And I saw how powerful oxygen is to breathe it out. I saw that. It was, it's serious. Serious. COVID is a very dangerous animal. Don't joke with it. Very dangerous. So you know how I read? Here was your bishop. Because they won't allow my wife to come. So a nurse had a uh, pot. And I was just with my own thing on Wee Wee. <laughs> hey, I didn't care. I had to leave. I had to leave. The I didn't do for they brought a wheelchair with a chamber pot in it. That if I want to ease myself, I should sit in it and ease myself. That was the only thing. I felt Satan, you can't humiliate me like this. What kind of behavior is this one? I dealt with it. The Lord told me, play my word. So those of you, I was not on 31st watch night service. But by first, I released, I was releasing prayer points. I was releasing other things. Because the Lord said, if you stop reading my word, you will die. So I just depended on God's word. And had out-of-body experiences where I found myself. I was in my a hospital room, but I at the same time felt I was in heaven. And I could see everything. Everything was white. There were lights and other things. Lights and other things. And I was asked to make a choice between where I was and my family. And I chose my family. Then I woke up. I realized I was in the same place. But so, the grace to breathe effortlessly, alone, should make you very grateful to God and thankful to God. You see, some of you, eh, you come to church as if God owes you, God owes you something. Do you know there are some of you who are members in this church and you think you are doing me a favor? Oh, yeah. You think you are doing me a favor? Oh, if it's not because of that, I would have left this church long ago. <laughs> Look at you. Oh, I wish what I went through, like, like everybody would just go through small. Petit, 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 petit. But the purpose of the lungs is to breathe. And you know, and breath 
stands for life. It is life. Look at um, Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed man, formed a man, I jumped, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Now, any Christian who is healthy, this life wherever he goes, he breathes life wherever he goes. Put a healthy Christian in the prayer warrior and there is life there. Put a healthy Christian in the choir, there is life there. I mean the life of God. Everybody just wakes up from sleep and slumber. But when you go amongst people and you kill everybody's zeal, and you take death there and discourage people, and talk against the same church you are in, talk against the pastor over your life, and speak things to discourage people, your lungs are not functioning. Your spiritual lungs are not functioning. You are dying. You are a dead person. You can't breathe. You have gotten spiritual COVID. <laughs> so your lungs are damaged. I'm telling you. So yeah, some of you here, if you were not listening to Christians who are not breathing, you would have been more, more on fire for the Lord. But there are people breathing who are not breathing. They are not breathing life into you. You need, you need Christians who breathe life into you. Are you here? Who so you, you, you have to say that since I became a friend to this person, my Christian life, I am, I am alive more. I am alive more. My zeal is higher. And I'm, I'm serving the Lord better and well. Better and well. <laughs> there are people who actually have have tuberculosis, spiritual tuberculosis, and COVID in their lungs. So when they come around you, they infect you. They infect you. They breathe. They breathe bitterness and breathe um, carnality. They breathe sin into your life. And it affects your zeal. It affects your love for the Lord. And it affects a lot of things around you. And from today, fight that thing. Don't let anyone whose lungs is full of, of poison and death thing and infectious spiritual diseases to breathe into your life. Look for healthy Christians. People who, when they breathe, they breathe the Bible. They breathe quotations. They breathe things that encourages you and builds your life. What are the people you are looking at from around, around you? I'm telling you, there are some friends, eh? If you allow them into your marriage, they will breathe division and confusion into your marriage. That's why, that's why listen, men, that's why men, you must put your feet down and women, you must put your feet down. Who becomes your spouse's friend? And who can come to your house? And who knows your heart? There are some people, eh? Meet them at your gate. Don't let them inside even your compound. To see that one car, they'll go out and breathe gossip about you amongst your friends. They are not healthy Christians. Their lungs do not carry what will help you. Do you know the carbon dioxide we breathe? It's what the trees use. To actually grow. And the trees also give us oxygen. 
Is there any time I come in here, I'm teaching you, I'm blessing. That's what some of you can attest to how God has developed you, how your spiritual life has been built as a result of sitting under me. Because I breathe good things. Am I preaching? I breathe good things. I have healthy spiritual lungs. That's why I teach what I teach you. I can be here and put you on stereos. There are many Christians who are on stereos. Their pastors go in and share and create a sensation and they scream and they shout and they feel the world, their, their life will turn around in 24 hours and nothing happens. Hmm. So watch them. Watch what comes out of their lungs. What are they breathing? What are they breathing on you? What are they breathing on you? Parents, watch the friends that your children relate with. Go on their Facebook wall. Check what they put there. Check those who are their friends, who they are connected to. Check them. See those who are breathing on your children. My house from Kevin to the last person, I can seize your phone, open it if you have a lock, unlock it for me, and go through your messages from A to this thing. My house, there's no human rights. There's father, fatherly rights, parental authority. You don't tell me I'm 18. I'm 18. I'm 18. So as you eat my food, sleep in my room, and like a friend of mine said, it's uncommon, and breathe the air in my house. I have the final say. When Kevin was going to go to university, I was choosing schools in the UK for, her, for him, and he wanted to go to Canada. So he came with his friend to come and convince me. I said, son, do you know why you are thinking about studying outside? And you are so confident about studying outside, despite the fact that I was born into poverty, is because I've been making right choices. It's not only this choice that will make it wrong for you. Do you understand what I'm teaching you? Do you understand what I'm preaching? Those going for my journalism, I'll take your time a little because I want to I want to make sure that I pump proper oxygen into your lungs before you leave today. Are you here with me? I want you to be a good Christian, not a nominal Christian, not someone who just comes to church. Your spirit, your soul is more important to me than your seed. <laughs> okay. Let me move to the to the to the heart. To the heart. You know the heart? The heart actually pumps blood to all the parts of the body. That's why if anything happens to your heart, you can die immediately. If something blocks your heart and it does not send blood to your brain, eh? You can have you can be brain dead. The heart is so the heart is always working on pumping blood. Pumping blood, pumping blood. It's a pumping machine. So if your heart is not very strong, you see all the time. Either you have numbness in your hand because it's not pumping the blood well. Oh, I'm, I'm doing right uh, medical diagnosis. I don't want to say something and then 
Some people say, hey, Bishop Titi has gone to teach something that is not in medicine. But I'm telling you, you see, it pumps blood. As you're sitting here, blood is moving through your entire body. That's why you are still alive. If the blood stops, something can happen to you. You can get stroke if, if there is cholesterol and then it blocks the vein where the blood can pass through. You can get stroke, can't you? You can get stroke. Yeah, yeah. You can just be here right now and then you go like this. I, I'm telling you. So the heart is a, is, is a central pumping station. Now, as you are sitting here, the reason why you have water in your house is because there's something somewhere in Accra that is pumping water, pumping water, pumping water. See how frustrating it is when you are just in the bathroom and you are taking your bath and suddenly the pipe stops. I mean the pumping station has stopped pumping. And you are frustrated. Guess what? If we're a healthy Christian, eh? guess what? Guess what, you, guess what you pump? You pump. Romans 5 verse 5. New King James Version. Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So, you see, if we're true Christian, eh, the love of God is poured into your heart. And the purpose for which the love of God is poured into your heart is for you to pump it out to everybody around you. Pump it out to everybody around you. Love people. And love people love. Stop spreading hate. Stop spreading bitterness. Stop gossiping about people. Stop spreading rumors that will let people hate others. Stop it now. Stop it now. Stop it now. Now. Stop it. Stop it now. Stop it. Because if you have a spiritually healthy heart, the only thing in the heart is love. No hatred. No hatred. The only thing that will be in this heart will be love. No hatred. Oh, we are doing self-examination. No hatred. You can hate. You can only love. And you can't pass on hatred. You can only, listen, to sit somebody down and download bitterness from your heart into the person's heart against another brother. It's an indication that you are not born again yet. You are in church, but you are not in Christ. Now, you see, we don't sing songs like, Let there be love shared among us, brotherly love, feel love. Let me sing it. It's only this elderly boy who knows how to sing it. This generation. You don't know how to sing it. Oh, bro. Let there be love shared among us. Let there be love. You remember SU time? Born again time. This is where the songs were singing, you know. Oh. No, 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 no. And we'll be crying, you know. We lift these songs and we'll be crying. Let there be love shared among us. Brotherly love. Can you pick a microphone and sing it? Let's sing it. Today, today get ready. Let me, let me delay you a little. Today, get ready. 
Give her a microphone. Because we are in the hospital. We, we, are, we are doing assessment of hospital. Let the beloved share among us. Let the beloved in our hearts. Let, let your love fill the temple. Cause us the Lord to arise. Give us a fresh understanding of brotherly service. I knew it would not be a normal service. 
I just knew it that it would not be a normal service. What are you pumping? Look, look at this. 
But you see, the other function of the liver, hear me, the other function of the liver is to give heat to the body. You see, revival begins when you are able to reject dead things. So the liver rejects toxic materials. And then in return, also gives heat. All these things, eh, all these negative things people say about church, about pastors, and about all these things, and about people in church and all those, they are aimed at killing your zeal, putting off your fire. So if you have a functioning liver, you will reject it. And if you reject it, the liver will begin a revival. Because the liver gives heat. May somebody's liver, spiritual liver, start functioning now. May there be a spiritual liver in you that is functioning now, giving fire to the body, bringing heat to the body. In the name of Jesus. May your spirit reject the accusation. May your spirit reject their lies. May your spirit reject their gossips. May their bitterness record on their own heads. May they never get you involved in their battles. And may they never use you as human shield. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I've told a pastor friend of mine like that. Who I was doing something for a member. For, for, another, for, for another person. I was doing something for another person. They came to me and said, because this person has done this and this and this, stop what you are doing for the person. I say, you can't use me as a human shield. You want to put me as part of your negotiation um, alternatives. I am not your partner. I will not be used by you like that. Are you here? Let no man use you. Have a healthy liver. Reject lies. Reject gossip. Reject all those negative influence that is killing your spirit and quenching your fire and quenching your fire and do what Paul told his son Timothy to do. Second Timothy 1 6. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. There is a gift of God in you. That gift functions when you are on fire. That's why Satan has planted people to kill that fire. I am speaking fire upon you right now. I am speaking a revival right now. I am calling revival right now upon you. May you have a functioning liver. May you go back to prayer again. May you go back to the study of the word again. May you go back to fasting again. May you go back to the things you did at first. May the gifts of God in you come back to life again. Several years ago, I used to have a guy, an Igbo man, who was my, more or less like a PA. Like what, um, and why that's for me. Then I discovered that the man had been smoking and doing other things. So, I decided to let him go. Then I called a few of the Nigerians in church. Because at that time, he had become a liaison between me and the Nigerians. So I thought that to sack him, it will create dissatisfaction among the Nigerians. So I called a meeting of some key Nigerian men. 
to my house. I said, gentlemen, because of this and this and this, I'm sucking this. They, 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 then, then, they said, daddy, why are you explaining this to us? You employed him yourself. You can suck him without explaining to us. You don't even want to hear the reasons for which you are sucking him. It is none of our business. It is your company. We did not find it for you. You founded your own company. Suck him if you want. You don't need any explanation from you. And the one person who came, now he's a pastor of the church, in our church, one of the branches, who came to church to this man. I called him also, individual, one-on-one. I said, the man who brought you to church, I am sucking him from my office. He's likely to leave the church. He said, daddy, 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 stop there. He brought me, he said good things about you. I have come, I have seen it, and even seen the things he did not say. You are even better than what he said you were. So this is none of my business. You see, people with functioning livers, eh? Functioning livers. They don't take toxic materials into their system. They reject it. You came to this church to find and to frame the gifts of God in you. Don't let a backsliding sister or brother pull you down. I'm telling you, pull you down. If the Jesus of this church has not offended you, save him from the bottom of your heart. Don't let anybody tell you the men's fellowship, they are like this and like that. Don't join, don't join. So you haven't joined the men's fellowship before. You haven't even come to their meetings before, but you know everything about them. You have not been to the women's fellowship, but you know everything about the women's fellowship. And all the things you know are negative. Not one single positive thing. And you have believed it because your liver is weak. You have a dead liver. <laughs> the, the next organ is there. It's the stomach. It's the stomach. The stomach, the functioning, one of the major functions is digesting. It digests. Now, now, if you have if you have a healthy Christian life, you see the word of God I'm preaching. You will take it, you will never forget it. You will digest it. It will go deep down in the inside of you. There are some of you, and when you step outside, they ask you, what was the theme of daddy's message? You will forget it. You will forget it. Look at this. Jeremiah 15, 16. When, when your words came, when your words came, I ate them. When your words came, I ate them. When your words came, what did I do? I ate them. When we preach the word of God, you must eat it. It must enter into you. It must sink deep down in you. From here, go back, watch this sermon again on Facebook. Play it to yourself. Make notes. Read the notes. That's how we eat the word of God. Let it have impact on you. We need to digest. That's why the same Jeremiah said, when I say I will not speak your word, when I speak your word, I'm in trouble. When I say I will not speak it, it is like fire shut up in my bones. I can no longer hold it. You know why? Because a food eating is different from the one on the tongue. When you digest it, when it gets into your stomach, when the food gets into your stomach, eh, and it digests, it becomes part of your body. So if they take your blood, they will see that you have eaten this food. Very soon I'll put doctors here when we are fasting. And you are not fasting. When you can, we will take your blood. We will know the food you have eaten the last three days. That even the morning when we were fasting, you were eating banku. The afternoon you ate eba. And before you came to the service, instead of breaking with fruit, 
you actually broke with Kinky. Four balls. We will know all. Because when you eat food, it gets into your body. You need a food to build yourself. It gets into your body. That's how the word of God is. The word of God, eh, you must not just read it. You must study it. You must study the word of God. Sit down and study it. Invest into spiritual things. Buy audio Bibles. When you are sleeping, let it play. When you are sitting in your car, let it play. Download my messages from Facebook and from uh, Spotify and all those things. And, and make sure that in your car you have them. There's one of my sons. Anytime I call him, he picks his phone. But the back office, wherever he is, you hear my message pray, preach, uh, play. Eat the word. Eat the word and have a healthy Christian life. Have it. And then we have the intestine. Now, listen. It is not everything that the, that, that the stomach digests. There are some food that are indigestible. Okay. Those ones, eh, they get into the intestines and the intestine bring them out as feces. Let me tell you something. They are, they, let me look at Galatians 1.8. But even we, or an angel from heaven, preach another gospel. Preach another gospel to you than what we have preached to you. Let him be accursed. You see, that's what we call another gospel. That's what we call other gospel. <laughs> Some time ago, I preached a very powerful sermon. And in the midst of the sermon, I spoke very strongly against 419. And I'm still speaking very strongly against it. And, and, in speaking, I said that the reason why some people die suddenly, or some people get accident anyhow, is because of the people you dupe, they curse you. And then somebody left the service. And called one brother who didn't come to church. Hey, today daddy curse us. Daddy curse us. You see, that is another gospel. Because that was not what I did. It was another gospel. The person twisted my words. And there's someone who went somewhere and told another group that at least daddy should not have used the word 419. If you are said even fraud, people will not have been offended. They will be offended. But you see, the gospel. Is very offensive. If I have not preached a sermon that has offended you before, I'm not preaching the gospel. The pure gospel is very offensive. Now, people hate us pastors not because we have done anything, no. because of what we stand for and what we preach. The pure gospel is offensive. The pure gospel is very offensive. I told you about a brother who was in our church at Teshi. He's dead. He's gone to be with the Lord now. I don't know whether he's with the Lord. I don't know. <laughs> but mommy and I chased four lesbians. Got them to accept the Lord Jesus. And we handed him over. I think two of them were lesbians, two were not. But they were four ladies. Then this guy, when I preach, he will go and re-preach my message. And tell the people, I don't know Bible. And the things I'm saying, that's not how the Bible interpretation and then hey hey that is another gospel let me tell you this there are many pastors who don't win the lost 
they evangelize the saved. It is you they are looking for, not the lost. Like me hitting the street and preaching on the street. They will not do that. They will come to you and call you. They will tell you I'm a bad man and try to win you to themselves. They will preach another gospel. Are you here? They will preach another gospel. When Jesus comes here, it will be serious. Like the way we are evangelizing, 90% of some people's churches are other church members, other people's church members. People who don't have healthy Christian life, who want excitement, who want the gratification of their flesh, who do not want to hear a message like this. Okay. Let me be closing. It's 11. Since everybody is quiet now, let me be closing. Let me just be closing. Let me just be closing. But I'm just showing you. I'm just showing you how to be a good Christian. I'm just teaching you how to be a good Christian. I'm just teaching you how to be a good Christian. Any other thing, any other thing, I don't care. If you're a good Christian, you'll be a good wife. If you're a good Christian, you'll be a good husband. If you're a good Christian, you'll be a good child. If you're a good Christian, you'll be a good student. If you're a good Christian, you, you'll be a good worker. If you're a good Christian, you'll be a good billionaire. And then you have the kidneys. You see, whilst, whilst the, the liver may purify the body, the kidney actually takes out what is not good from the body. Okay? So, so it, it comes in the form of urine. So sometimes, that's why sometimes, when they want to see what is wrong with you, they say, bring your urine. They say, bring your urine. You can go to hospital. They don't care who you are. You can be present. Once you are sick, small boy doctor will give you a distance and say, sir, go to this room and wee-wee and bring it. Not wee-wee. You say, oh, I'm not feeling wee-wee. They'll give you water. Drink water. Sit down. They, until wee-wee comes, you keep on drinking. Because out of it, they can find out things in your body. They can find out whether you are diabetic. They can find out whether you are sick like this or that, that, like that. They can find it. You see, what the kidney does is that it gets rid of waste things. Let me show you what the Bible wants you to get rid of. If, if you are a healthy Christian, eh, these are the things you get rid of. Look at uh, Ephesians 4.31. I'm reading from the Good News Translation. Get rid of all bitterness, passion, and anger. No more shouting or insult. No more hateful feelings of any sort. This, this is a sign of a healthy Christian. This is a sign of a healthy Christian. Get rid of these things. I, I want to go there. I want to repeat. Maybe you didn't see it. Maybe you are not seeing it well. Can you make only this one big? Is it possible? Audiovisual. Can we have only this one big? Now, Ephesians 4.31. I'm closing, please. Get rid of all bitterness passion and anger. No more shouting or insults. No more hateful feelings of any sort. 
So you see, if your husband insults you, tell your husband you have a weak spiritual kidney. If your wife shouts on you, you have a weak spiritual kidney. If anybody insults you, don't, don't mind the person though. Say spiritually you are going to die soon. You have a weak spiritual kidney. You must go and sort it out. I'm not dealing with you because you are unhealthy. So I'm having, I'm having mercy on you. Have you seen a healthy person fighting a sick person? So tell the person you are sick. Why should I be fighting with you? You are sick. That's why you are shouting. That's why you are hateful. That's why you have hatred in you. You hate me because you are sick. Your kidney cannot get rid of bitterness. Your spiritual kidney cannot get rid of bitterness. That's why there is bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart. That's why you have not been able to forgive the boy who broke your heart when you were young. And so I know you understand why your husband is still married to you. Because you are still talking about this boy who broke your heart when you were young with, with hatred. It means you still love the person. The bitterness has not gone. And your husband thinks that because you hate the person, it means you love him. No, 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 no. You hate the person because you still love the person. The bitterness cannot go. The hatred cannot go. He's still dead. You are not on talking terms with your own father or mother. Because, I mean, are you crazy? As for you, I think your kidney has been removed. <laughs> and you are a Christian, no? You are a Christian. an examination what an examination what an examination what an examination get rid of all bitterness passion and anger no more shouting or insult no more hateful feelings of any sort go back home forgive that man forgive that woman tonight forgive that person call somebody today tell the person i forgive you even if the person says what have i done to you you say no problem you have not done anything but i still forgive you I forgive you for not knowing that you have done something. I forgive you. Get rid of that bitterness. Get rid. Have a healthy kidney. Have a healthy kidney. And overlook insult. Overlook painful things. Overlook provocations. Walk away from them. It doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong. It makes you strong. God bless you. I love you all. Thank you for joining me in church today. Thank you. Thank you for joining me in church today. Thank you.